Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is daddy issues. Let's do this. Daddy issues. Oh, daddy issues. Oh. I'm your, your backup dancer. Put your the... hands up if you have daddy issues. Ooh, ooh. Put your hands up if you have daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm frozen a little. It's not very Russian of me. But um thank you I love for the, it. thank you for the blanket. Oh my god, yeah, you look so cute. You thank you wanted a dog. Guys, uh Kind of daters, welcome. Um, I'm Natasha Chindale. You're listening to Kind of Dating. That beautiful voice you heard is um, of our guest. She was on the last episode, and you get to hear her again, which we're so excited about. Um, she's a friend. She's a music artist, actress, comedian, and influencer. Ksenia. Thank you. It's like it's like a stadium mall. Ksenia. Ksenia. And she enters. Um, <laughs> So, so today we're talking about daddy issues, which you did a great intro song for, which I love. Um, do, do you, what's your relationship like your, with your dad? Do you think you have daddy issues? Hundred percent daddy issues, but I, I didn't know what daddy issues was. What is daddy issues? Daddy issues when you, when your daddy didn't really love you, or neglect you as a child, so he always had somebody before you. So you can never be number one for your daddy. So when you grow up and you're a big girl, you'll look for situations that are comfort zone. And psychologists say (laughs) (laughs) daddy issues. It's it's similar. Yeah, it's it's father-daughter relationships that have a negative impact on the way a woman relates to men. Um, And then conversely, you know, for men, they have like the Oedipus complex. Oedipus complex, which is a a Freudian term for, I mean, it's basically like they, they want to fuck their mom and hate their dad for being close to their mom because they wanted to be with the mom. But it's just like a, it's like a child, like it happens to boys when they're like very young. Um, So it becomes like an Oedipus complex. Um, has, has it anything to do with eating pussy? No, Oedipus is <laughs> Oedipus is like some Greek mythological. Oh, because it sounds it's like, like some story. Oedipus. Like <laughs> I was like, whoa. No, Oedipus is like a. It's got like it, a famous, it. yeah, like Greek mythology. Got it. Story. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. Well, so that's, that's where all those. So, so you're saying you have daddy issues? Hundred percent. And what what are yours like? Where am I at with them? No, what is it? Like, what, what is, it? is the issue with the dad? Well, I can never be number one in the relationship. I always have to be number two or three. To or maybe whom? four with guys. I don't, I did, I wasn't aware of this, but I was looking for guys subconsciously that would can't put me number one. They would have mom first or another, some kind of sister or some kind, of fe- some kind of female figure in their lives mm-hmm. that would not allow them to put me number one. So I don't know what it's like to be number one. 
isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that's my comfort zone. I can't imagine if I meet a guy who's like, you're my number one. Like, what? Get away from me. You'd be you're like, sick. okay, clingy. You're like stage five clinger. Um, <laughs> that's the you're, problem, right? You're, you're sick. But yeah. what, what do you think it is? Like, was there something specific about the relationship with your dad? Yes. What was that relationship dynamic like with your dad? Well, like, it's an official relationship. Like, right now, we don't talk. We only wish each other, happy new year, happy birthday, happy Easter. This is the first I heard from him the whole year. Wow. Happy Easter. So we don't really talk. And I don't really know my dad. Like, it's very official relationship. We barely speak. We barely talk. Like, we talk through my mom. Are are your parents together? Yeah, they got divorced and they, they got back together and they remarried. Okay. Which is like, sounds sweet, but I wouldn't remarry my dad. Yeah. They, but I guess I was saying like, proximity-wise, was he around when you were growing up? Okay, like, so yeah. So the, the biggest trauma I've had from my dad is, is that he left us. But the problem with living in a small city it's like one big street literally so he left to be with a woman across the street so whoa and we went to the same school with this this daughter's child so i saw her i knew where they lived i knew the house where they lived like my dad lives now in this house and this girl is his new daughter and you're talking like your neighbor you're the neighbor's daughter like this woman that he's with, that's her, his, her daughter. He's with her now? No, no, no. Oh, okay. She came okay. back that, home. Yeah, she yeah, kicked him out. Thought, yeah. Okay, this is like, this is a lot of personal information, you guys, and I'm sharing with you. So you can probably relate or analyze yourself where maybe you have daddy issues, but oh. it's all fixable. It, look, uh, we, we all have, uh, you know, our stories. I've talked about my relationship with my dad all the time, um, you know, on the podcast and how bad it used to be. And I've always said my dad was a, he was a good dad, but he was a terrible husband. And that taught me, that gave me a lot of mixed messages, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and my dad never knew how to have a daughter. Like he was just, he had only brothers. He just didn't know how to deal with me. And, you know, because of that, he was very controlling. Um, he, I wasn't allowed to like do anything as a kid. And, you know, my dad would follow me when I was out with friends. So like nobody wanted to be friends with me. He was like, if I wrote in a diary, I wrote once in a diary. It's why I can't journal even to this day. And I'm a writer because I once wrote in a diary and he read it. And Honey, then same, he, you know. Same. I had the same thing, but my mom read it. I can never have a diary. Yeah. No. And so even now I'm like, I know as a grown adult, nobody's around, but I just, I feel have a weird thing about writing yeah. stuff down. Like, Jesus um, but, you know, and then because of that, like he, I became very rebellious and pushed back a lot. And and then we had a lot of real issues where we, we lived in the same house, but weren't talking a lot. And, and then I left and I left kind of to get away from all of that. Um, and, and then it took me, you know, when I started getting into these really abusive relationships and I was in a very abusive one, that I looked back and I was like, whoa, why did that feel normal to me? to be in this kind of completely unhealthy, chaotic relationship. That's your comfort zone. That's why. And it was because it was, I was used to it. It didn't yeah. feel that crazy in yeah. the moment. 
because I was used to people being crazy and loving people when they made, like my dad has made some horrible mistakes in his life with my mom, right? Like I said, as a husband, he's made horrible mistakes. But then as kids, you have to reconcile and kind of accept it because you kind of love your dad still. So you're like, I mean, dude, you really fucked up. But like, I guess I, I love you. So okay, I guess it's okay. And then you like move on with life, but you're still hurting about like, how could my dad do that? You know? And then that carries. So then when you get in shitty relationships, you're constantly forgiving people because you forgave your dad all those times. So yeah, this guy's also a nice guy and I can forgive this crazy shit that they just did. No, you can't. And then you, yeah, yeah, then you realize like, oh, you're going to end up in horrible relationships. But then when you have sex, you get attached. And then once you're attached and you get abused and you're in it, it's so hard to get out. A lot of people can never get out of this toxic cycle. Never. It's impossible. Because it's like, on one hand, it's comfort zone. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, maybe sex is good. I, I... I don't know if I, I, I'm glad that I'm so smart and I've been digging into, into this problem and issue to just at least have a self-awareness because looking at all the relationship I've been with, I'm never number one, never. But which is like, I like it that way because it's, I don't know what it's like to be the the one. But I'm going to stop you. Because so much of this is about correcting our narrative, right? And correcting like when we're saying things. You don't like it because you keep saying you you want somebody to put you number one. You're just comfortable with it. You're used to it. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean you like it. You would still ideally prefer somebody to put you as number one. Now, yes. Yes. Like now? Yeah. That's the only way. And, you know, <laughs> of course, yeah. that we had a therapist just on the podcast. Um, her name is Galit Atlas. And she said something that we've shared on our Instagram a lot. But she said very simply, you know, we repeat in order to repair. Mm-hmm. Which is like we're repeating the same kind of guys, right? They might not look alike. It's everybody goes like, oh, you have a type. No, it's not your physical type. It's the the emotional environment that those guys create over and over and over again. And you have to look at that pattern of what type of guy you are dating to repeat that over and over to try to fix them so that you can get over your issue. Yeah. But you can't fix people. (laughs) No, but I I guess I would look at, at the guy and be like, oh my God, this is a fun project. Let me, let me fix him. I can fix it. Like, (laughs) Like I watched TV show you. I was like, well, I can't fix him. I could like. You felt like you could fix him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could could definitely fix him. That would be a really interesting one. And a a really hot project to fix for sure. Oh my God. Did you hear that girls were going crazy over him on Twitter? It's terrible. And he was like, ladies, I'm, I'm portraying a terrible, terrible person. It's not sexy. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's a murderer. Because daddy issues. Hello. I was watching the Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer um, documentary and um, and just like serial killers are known for this. Serial killers get women who get obsessed with them after because they go like, oh, they're just misunderstood. They just want to be loved. I'll give them that love. And you're like, and then they'll cut you into a million pieces. And But we're, we have this habit of trying to fix people. And 
So like, do you think a lot of women suffer from daddy issues? Yeah, maybe undiagnosed or like unre- yeah. <laughs> unre- unresolved. I don't think it's a real term daddy issues. Is there, is it like? I don't think it's like an official, yeah. I think it's kind of this slang term people yeah. use sometimes in a disparaging way. So we're cognizant of that, but you know, we are referring to it for a reason here. So, um, but there's like a deep wiring that you have when you grow up and when you're, when you're understanding what you're like, who, who man is like, who is a man in a relationship? Like I had a very stressful home. My dad had a lot, he had a drinking problem. I never knew what I'm coming home to. Are they going to be screaming in the kitchen? And I, I always get out to like, tell them to shut the fuck up in a, like a very sweet children child way I can't imagine like I can't imagine if I had a child and my husband would be drunk and I'd be like trying to like calm him down I'd be like get the fuck out of here like why the hell did my mom put up with this shit and then she remarried him okay I do think it's there is something of I shouldn't even totally say it's about the time because there are people who do the same thing now it and it comes out of fear they don't want to be alone i said the same thing with my mom my mom has always said she doesn't respect my dad and that always breaks my heart cuz i'm like so you're with this guy probably shouldn't be with him but now they're old so they're together but she she says she doesn't respect him and i'm like that that's such a good. shitty way that's- to live and and she didn't understand why i was not respecting myself in a relationship for a long time. She's like, this is how you got to be. And that's how you got to be. And I had to call her out. I was like, you taught me to sit back and accept people's shitty behavior because you accepted his all the time. We told you kick him out. We told you do all the things. Again, now they have gotten to a point where they reconciled. They talked about their stuff. They're in a good place. But in those formative years for us, it was really hard, you know, and my brother personally is very conscious of, I don't ever want to be like my dad. And I'm very conscious of like, I didn't want to be with somebody like my dad. That's, did your dad cheat? Um, he was like abusive, you know, Physically to her, abusive? Yeah, like in the, in the beginning, early days. And, and there was just like lots and lots and lots of fighting. So you just and, hit her? Um, yeah, sometimes. So were they, your parents born here or did they? No, no, India. So mm-hmm. they immigrated here? Uh, they're, I mean, they're not in, in America. They're in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, my dad uh, has changed his life a lot. But it's like yours, you know, my dad used to drink. He smoked at one point. He um, had a temper like crazy. And... We saw a lot of stuff that we definitely shouldn't have seen, especially for me. But then he helped himself, you know, which is so hard and rare. But he went into meditation and he went into, you know, he the guy prays like four hours a day now. And he really got himself to a point where maybe he'll have a anger outburst like once in a blue moon. But it's no like he stopped. He didn't touch her. He didn't do anything after that. And. And, you know, but it was mentally fucked up for me because they stopped fighting after I left home. So after I left, I would like always call home to check on my mom. I was like, hey, are you okay? Everything okay? And and my dad would be like, hey, calm down. We're totally fine now. Like, and he would say, we're fine now that you left. 
So then what do you internalize it as? Is like, oh, well, I'm the problem. I guess I was the problem the whole time. And then that also fed into negative self-talk and insecurities. And It makes me so mad. I mean, it, again, I think I have done the work to forgive him. And I think, you know, I don't know about your relationship with your dad, but mine, two years ago, he actually pulled me inside at home in my brother's house and we had a full couple hour talk where he was telling me and he apologized to me and he said, hey, I'm really sorry. Now my dad's 74, you know, he's probably going through a lot of like mortality and existential stuff, but he sat me down and he was like, hey, I'm really sorry. You know, I didn't know how to deal with you. Um, I was going through my own stuff as a man at that time as an immigrant who like wasn't getting a job the way he was trained to get a job. And, and he was like, I felt really shitty about my life. And then I kind of took it out on you guys, you know, and that he didn't. That's mostly, that's mostly the case, yeah. I think, because they, they deal with whatever's going on in their life and who can you take it out on? Yeah. On your fucking children. Yeah. And he still, he still has selective memory about what happened. But I have come to a point for me personally that my brother and I were both like, listen, at his age, are we trying to bring back up all the horrible things like for him? You know, we're like, do we want him to live his last however many years like thinking about all of that? So we, we just agree to disagree. He's like, it didn't happen like that. And we're like, okay, dad. That is really kind of you. That's really But I mean, it just because it, it just became like, what are you going to do? You know, then, then he would cry. He would cry and he's very apologetic. And so you're like, okay, you, you did the thing. Okay, yeah. You know, and, and we're not here to vilify you. All we wanted was a sorry back then. But at least we got it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes my brother can still get at him a little bit more than I do. Mm-hmm. But now even my brother has just learned like, they're old. Kind of forgave him. Yeah. As in, you're just like, if I think if he did something now, we would put him in his fucking place. But that just hasn't happened in a very long time. So, okay. you know, but again, formative years, right? Being so important. It makes me really angry to hear this because we we are born kind of perfect. Like we we don't have any programs that are running, no wiring. We just born to be happy and like we have we have just a blank space you know and then you have parents like that who ruin you I'm sorry like okay so I was doing deep analyzing that's what I'm doing all the time lately um if my family were different if they loved me a lot if they always gave me compliments and always cheered cheered me on like would I want to come to Los Angeles to pursue the impossible dream because I feel like part of it is like I'm gonna prove them wor- I'm gonna prove them wrong that I'm worth something okay sorry I'm gonna so so would I come to, so would I come to Los Angeles to do the impossible like I have this ongoing thing, I guess, subconsciously that I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to show that I'm worth something. I'm good at that, at things, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's always that question with comedians too, right? Because they always say comedy is tragedy and Plus time. Uh, comedians are the, are the saddest people. Um, though I still, 
I I still can't talk about things if I'm like really not over it. So yeah. for me, I, it doesn't work. Like some some comedians might go through some shit and want to talk about it right away on stage. I don't. I am more Seinfeldish that way. You know, where Seinfeld always just says like he creates when he's happy. Mm-hmm. And like I probably create when I'm happy. If I'm depressed, I'm like literally depressed on the floor and I can't do shit. But yeah. Yeah, a lot of the stories we talk about come from a place of trauma. Um, you know, one of the funniest bits I have is about getting cheated on with grandmas. And at the time, it was fucking terrible. And I couldn't have talked about it when it was first happening. But now I'm like, haha, that time. Yeah, absolutely. Tragedy plus time. Then we have some funny stories to yeah. tell. <laughs> but it's like, uh, how have you found daddy issues manifest in relationships? So we said a couple of things, right? Like we tend to date people who are emotionally or physically unavailable. Sometimes people just date people who are busy all the time because they were used to parents that weren't home. Um, obviously, I mentioned like abusive relationships or relationships with no boundaries. Yeah. Um, are there other ways that like daddy issues manifest in relationships? You just have to... Okay. To keep the relationship going, the person has to constantly not choose you <laughs> or do have other priorities over you. And that's how you kind of keep, you kind of keep staying in it because you're like, why don't you, why don't you, it's, okay, scratch this. <laughs> okay. I would think, I would say that to, okay. How does it manifest? Well, I was thinking, let's just, let's just ch- yeah, try yeah. to be a little like, bit. Tr- not trusting people, you know, not trusting men. That can often be a big one. Um, uh, being jealous or controlling of guys also or needing that attention. Yeah. Okay. But, but for me, I think it would be uh, just having this model of behavior that's constantly not choosing you and then you're in it to mm-hmm. try to prove them wrong and try again and try to be good enough for them, you know? Try to get that attention. I mean, that's such a, um, it's also a common thing of like uh, a lot of people choose people who are unavailable and then we chase them even more to try to get attention. You're like, and sometimes it leads us to do negative things. Honey, but they call it love. This is not love. It's not love. This is this is love fabricated by treating one person like shit. Then it's not love at all. It's not love at all. It's, it's control. It's some kind of obsession, ego thing, like self-esteem thing, self-worth. Like if you are in your right mind and your self-esteem is fine, whoever treats you like shit cancels on you. One time, you're just like, well, I'm sorry, this person is not for me. Or like person... I don't know, doesn't reply to you for a day. Well, whenever a guy, okay, listen, ladies, just, just listen, ladies. If guy wants to see you, he'll be outside right now. He'll make it happen. It doesn't matter. Job, busy, wife, kids, I'm sorry. Like if men wants you, they'll be outside with fucking flowers. It's very true. And if man doesn't want you, he's going to find excuses to be busy. But if he wants to just fuck you, he'll be there to fuck you, but then he's going to disappear till next time he wants to fuck you. So, okay, my 
piece of advice. I'm sorry, we're not finishing, but I, I just have this very profound thought. <laughs> okay, don't fuck anybody right away. Please don't have sex. You get attached and then you get to know a person and it's a shitty person and then you're stuck. Okay, and then you call it love and it's not love. It's not love. It's definitely not love. I mean, people, uh, you know, one of the traits of um, people with daddy issues is that um, they have an anxious attachment style, which is what you said. So um, you will, you might have sex with somebody, then you get attached and you are scared of them leaving because now you've had sex with them and you're like, ah, ah, I need them. I gave, I gave you all of me. And so don't fucking go away now. Uh, you know, I, I need you to stay. And then you do 10 times more. And then the other person's like, whoa, this person got, went to stage five clinger and it creates a weird like pattern, you know? Um, and I think like, yeah, you have to know yourself. If sex is something that means something to you where you feel attached, you should wait so that you don't, you can see clearly who this person is before you give of yourself. Yeah. My therapist said to form a real deep connection, you have to wait at least 40 days from the moment you start going on a first date. Just like yeah. do not have sex. Yeah. I think, look, you know, we're, we're pretty open on this podcast about like, I, I personally believe like you can have sex on your first date or your, or a year in is just, you should have sex for the right reason. And that's the hardest part is yeah. most people are not having sex for the right reason. They have sex because they want somebody to love them. Most of the time we're having sex because we don't want the guy to leave. We're having sex because we want them to make us feel safe. But that's not safety. You should have sex because you want to. So if they leave, you still feel like you got your peace and it has nothing to do with them. Like, I don't personally have an attachment to sex. I never have. That's so, good for you. Yeah, like my exes have been on the podcast and they, they've said it. They're like, she doesn't care. Um, but mostly just, but I trained my mind, right? I trained my mind into going, like, why was I having sex before? And then why am I having sex now? Mm -hmm. And you know, I made my first boyfriend, poor guy. I was with him for four years. I made him wait almost two years. We were teenagers, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. before I had sex. That's normal. And um, so I didn't, I never felt that, like, I just always do it when I want to. But my boyfriend now, we had sex on our third date. But it was like a month into, three weeks into us starting to talk. Like, okay. we started to talk. We went, right. on, we went on a couple of dates. And then it was lockdown. So then our third date was uh, supposed to be a Saturday and then they did, you know, lockdown on Thursday. So I oh was God, like, you've been together for three years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Nice. Well, well, when you went out with him, did you, what did you, did you like him right away? Did So yeah, I've talked about this a lot too on the podcast. The first date, um, uh, I liked him, but I didn't know anything. I just was like, oh, this was a nice conversation. He's really nice. He seems secure and he's obviously, I thought he was attractive, but I didn't. I didn't know anything. I was just like, I had a fun time. That's it. So I gave him a second date because I had a fun time. And I know myself. I know that it takes me a beat to yeah. get, like, how do I feel? So I was like, let's see how the second date goes. Um, and then the second date, I felt like some next level chemistry. And, and the date was so perfect. And, like, I don't spend that much time with somebody on a date. And... 
Um, I got home at like 2.30 or something in the morning, or I think we left at 2.30, so I got home around 3, 3.30. And that was so unusual for me. And then I called my friends the next day, and I was like, I think I had the best date I've ever had. And they just know that I don't oh say God, that kind of shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then Yay. I, yeah. And, so, and then that was it. And, and like, I still didn't know what was going to happen. I, I don't believe in the, like, when you know, you know. I, I don't know any of that. Um, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And, um, and like I said, we were supposed to have our third date on a Saturday. Lockdown was on Thursday. So I was like, you want to come over? <laughs> um, yeah, and, I mean. You know, and then like, well, yeah, what what are you going to do? You're, But we wanted to. So again, if if we had had sex and he left, I still wouldn't have felt bad about it because, which has happened in the past, because I'm like, I didn't care. I wanted to have sex too. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not like I felt. Taken advantage of. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's this thing that society has programmed women into believing sex is something that is like we, they, somebody takes from us mm -hmm. and we're giving it. And it's like, no, it's an experience that two adults can have together if you choose to. It's like a mutually beneficial time. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be done for the wrong reason. Yeah. But in that sense, you have to know yourself. You just said something that was very important. You said you know yourself. You're hyper aware of who you are. And so if you're somebody who feels something when you have sex, you should definitely wait. 100%. No. And the worst thing about me is that I meet a guy and I notice everything. I notice everything. Like, I mean, look look at me obsessing over my nose. Like, So you, nobody, you focus also on the flaws. I notice everything. I notice if they open the door for me if they pick up the check or was it hesitant or like should I pay for my drink I, like I don't like I I notice a lot of details and I, I know pretty much in the first 30 minutes if this is uh if this is <laughs> if I I'm, if I even I know pretty much in the first 30 minutes even if I'm interested to continue conversation mm. I'm very picky Late. That's okay. You know, I wrote the song for my comedy, um, musical comedy hour. Did you, did you know? Did you hear about this concept that man has to be six feet tall, have six figure job, <laughs> yeah, have um, six pack, and be at least six inches long? I have, yeah, definitely no, heard that. No four or fives. Got to follow protocol. I want all the sixes or nothing at all. <laughs> is that the lyric? Sing it. No, I sing it. Sing it. Okay. He's gotta be. Okay, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. The key. I need to. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Get get your key. Guys, in the meantime, if you are liking what you are hearing in today's episode, <laughs> make sure you screenshot the episode, tag us, and tell us what you thought of it. Let also, please remember to tell your friends about the podcast and subscribe wherever you get it. And if you haven't already, we would really, 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 really Really appreciate a five-star rating or review on whichever app you listen to the podcast. Um, we're also on social media, so follow us. We actually put out some really funny memes, and um, there are lots of clips of this episode, so you can see video clips on our Instagram um, mostly, and then also our TikTok. So we're at Kinda Dating across the board. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram and Facebook, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok. I love it. What's the song? A lot of people got offended. A lot of guys. Okay. What's so the song? He's gotta be six feet tall. 
have a six-figure job. It's gotta have six-pack abs and be at least six inches long. No fours or fives, gotta follow protocol. I want all the sixes, baby, or nothing at all. <laughs> oh, snap! Oh my God, the guys on the Instagram, I put it, put, posted a snippet and they're like, well, what do you bring to the table? Oh, guys are the worst. They have the well, most Well, I walk around things. naked all the time. Wouldn't that be a blessing? <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, don't even, let's not even get started. I always okay. love talking to female comedians about this because guys are the worst and they're, as in commenters, I shouldn't say all guys, there are some really lovely guys, but I'm sure you get the same kind that I get where anytime a woman is putting out any kind of empowered statement, especially female comedians, mm -hmm. the only things guys can say is, oh, wait till you get old, wait till you get fat, wait till uh, you think you're something, oh, you're nothing. And it's like, dude, I don't need your trauma. <laughs> It's all good. We work through our trauma. Jeez. Right? Terrible. You get that too, right? Oh my God, so much. They, they, like, they pretty much ask me, what do I bring to the table? And then they would say, like, enjoy being single all your life. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, like, I bring what? being hot and being smart and being funny to the table and being really tall and skinny. So what are you fucking talking about? And I have some skills, okay? Yeah. You have <laughs> real skills. No, no, I need but that. In the other, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah hey, hey. <laughs> I took classes in Russia. Oh, there are classes for that in Russia? Yes. What kind of classes? The BJ classes. Oh, girl, there's nothing you can't say on this podcast. A blowjob uh, class? That's okay, great. So because there are not a lot of men in Russia, and if you have a man— What, there are not men in Russia? Not I feel a like... lot of men. Not a lot of Aren't men. Aren't you guys like the, one of the largest military superpowers because you have so many men? Honey, we have shortage of men. We have shortage of men. In really? Russia. Yeah, we have a lot of women and not a lot of men. Right now, with this war going on, and we also not allowed to say war in Russia. Mm. We can only say special operation. Right. With a special operation going on, so many men are disappearing. Yeah, it's not a very oh, good wow. situation. So, if you want to keep a man in Russia, you, you better have some skills. Right. And I was in Russia, and my friend was like, "Why don't you take this class?" I took this class. Nice. No. I think it's great to improve your skills. You gotta, oh my God. gotta keep doing it. I couldn't believe there's so many techniques, so much. There are techniques to it. Don't oh get embarrassed. God. Okay. There's so many, like, there's like so we much. We have sex podcast. Like, we have sex episodes on this podcast. It's yeah. totally okay. Okay, okay. There's like 68 techniques to. 68? To, to the blow Oh, job. man. Now I feel like I gotta take a class. <laughs> Maybe I should start teaching a class now. You should do that and just do like a side mini course and like everyone make a had, lot of money. Really? Yeah. But like I went to a class, everyone had their individual dildos attached to the table. Teacher had her individual dildo and she was showing us what to do and everyone was drinking wine and repeating what she was doing. That's that fun. is fucking awkward as fuck. That's amazing though. But it's like hand stuff and then if you have to put it in your mouth, like you have to you like, put it in your mouth. Deep throat. Whoa. <laughs> And then, and then it should be like, okay, good job. Good job. Yeah. Man, I had to, so now, fuck it, guys. We're going there. Okay. So, um, it's funny. So for me, I had to learn. Um, so again, being very small, I'm a small person. Um, I. Uh, You're so cute. No, it's true. I went to a dentist once and like when they had to get my wisdom teeth removed is when they first told me. They were like, oh, you have like the jaw, the mouth 
of a baby cat. So like size wise. And so then I realized I'm like, oh my God, if that's how small my my like jaw is, how am I doing blowjobs? <laughs> you know? And then like I had to like train, train myself to like open my jaw a lot more and like let it relax so that you could fit it in. Yeah, there's real, there's real thing to it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be a teeth person. You don't be like teething a guy. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a definitely a a skill. Yeah, (laughs) I think BJ's are great, guys. FYI, for the record, also because like I don't know about you, I don't anymore particularly enjoy having sex on my period and like especially like the first couple days. Honey, why would you be having sex on your period? Some people like it. Some people do. But I don't. No. And so those are BJ days. <laughs> How do you feel about anal? Oh, I've tried it a couple times and I was not a fan. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've i always been like, I really want to try it. Butt plugs? Uh, I'm down to do that. Yeah. But not… Fingering? Okay, sorry. Here and there. <laughs> I Listen, I've had… I've, trust me, I've done it all. Um, A little bit, but I'm not like… Curious person? I'm semi-curious. Can I be honest? Like, I don't mind if somebody, like, fingers me up there, but I don't want to touch anybody because I have, like, well, I'm, like, what about, germs okay, so, and shit. I'm like, no. But what about, like, peeping people? Okay, so what's up with eating each other's assholes yeah, and never speaking into, again? I'm not into that. No, no. I I don't understand man eating a woman's asshole, but woman eating men's asshole? Like, to me either. I, no. I just am, like, the, the sanitation. I just am, like, but hygiene. But you… The, the, ass is dirty. I mean, even yeah, yeah. though it's clean, it has a bacteria that's not supposed to be anywhere but in the ass. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a bacteria expert. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, her side job is she's a bacteria expert. I used to have a whole bit in my standup about that. Yeah. Um, about the COVID vaccine. And I said that people didn't want to take the COVID vaccine because they didn't know what they're putting in their body. But we lick strangers, ball sacks and clits. And I said, and some people eat ass. And I'd be like, do you know the bacteria? that lives in the feces that come out of your ass. And yes. I was like, and then you're going to act like you care about what you're putting in your body? I was like, yeah. listen, bitch. Just it's hilarious. Fucking, you know. Oh, my God. Um, I was like, you didn't care about your life then. You don't care about your life now. Yeah. Just do it. Jeez. Um, but it, it again, to each their own, uh, you know, uh, I'm we're not here to tell anybody how to live. No, um, I'm here to tell everybody how to live. <laughs> leave your ass alone, please. Leave and your leave, ass out leave of Leave another it. person's ass alone as well. Uh... <laughs> Just kidding. Don't just just do whatever you want. Be happy. Be safe. Be happy. Be Don't. happy. Oh. Put a finger in your ass. Oh. <laughs> put fingers on your ass hole. In his asshole. See, I'm not a singer. Put fingers in his and yours too. <laughs> Sorry. It's not, uh, it's not a very good song. Never so, Ksenia, yeah, as we wrap out this episode, you know, we're talking about daddy issues. So like how do you move past it? Can you move past it? Absolutely. Can anybody out there listening move past it? And what have you done and what can other people do? Okay. It starts with self-awareness and taking a hard look at yourself. What are your patterns? What have you been doing? Do you put up with with a lot of bullshit? Is that something that you do regularly? Is that normal for you? You like to be mistreated? So why? Okay, so why why does it fire love or chemistry for another person if somebody treats you like shit? Like, this is a good question to ask. Why? So everything starts with self-awareness. 
And once you have self-awareness, you have to consciously make an effort and not put up with bullshit. When you hear somebody trying to like, I don't play you or treat you not nice or you're just like, okay, got it, notice. Don't let it fire you up and be excited about the guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. That's Fuck it. that guy. Fuck that guy. I also think, uh, you know, on top of being aware, kind of what we talked about in the last episode on accepting yourself, there's this element of negativity bias, right? We are focusing on the negative. So we tend to also focus on the negative for other people, including our dads. Something that really helped me a lot personally was for so long, I was saying all the negative ways my dad was affecting my life. So I then found those dates and those guys I was dating to reflect those negative qualities. Then I stopped and I said, okay, what are the positive things in my life that my dad did? And it took me a minute to get there, but I was like, oh, he is very protective of me. Even though it was controlling, I was like, he is very protective of me. And I like that. He cares about me a lot. Um, I also know that out of my mom and dad, like, if I were hungry ever outside, my mom would always find a reason. She's like, no, we'll just eat when you get home. And my dad would be like, no, she's hungry. Let's feed her now. Mm -hmm. So there was some kind of like attentiveness to my needs. Mm -hmm. And and then he also had this tendency to, um, he, he weirdly understands my feelings more than anybody. Even though we don't get along, we clash a lot. He's the only person who can read that my mood is off. Mm. And nobody else gets when my mood is off mm. in those really subtle ways. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so he's he's aware of me. He knows me. And so I said, okay, well, I now want to date a guy who shows me that he cares. So are they texting me to make sure I got home okay? Um, that, you know, are they, uh, if we go out, are they asking me and caring about what I want to eat and not, like those little, little things and started focusing on those positive things. And that helped me to start changing the kinds of guys I was dating. Um, so that I, I did come to a point where I stopped saying I was going to fix them. I hate that song, even though I love Coldplay. That song, Fix Me. You know it? By Chris Martin. Such a great song, but not okay. You cannot fix anybody and you should not fix Check anybody. Your th- Check yourself in therapy. Yeah. That's the only, their therapist can fix you. Your partner cannot. And, and so that also, I, I started developing that mantra where I was telling myself, like, if I met a guy, I was like, I, at, you can ask my boyfriend. I still say it to him. I'm like, I'm not your best friend. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your teacher. I'm not your guide. I'm not your mom. I'm not your wife. Yeah. What's, I am what's your up with that? girlfriend. And so... I want to be treated like that. I don't want you to rely on me as a person who's going to fix you. And then when I started dating people, I was like, I actively chose people where I was like, I'm not going to fix them. So whatever I get here is what I'm going to go home with. So you're not fixing this. Um, Because the truth is you can't. Nobody, you can't fix people. We're just too grown. Only therapists can do that. And after years of therapy, can you fix yourself if you do the stuff? But... um, that's kind of like, I, I mean, I repaired my relationship with my dad over years. Um, it's not an overnight thing. 
But getting there helped me a lot to be able to find, you know, the partner I'm with now, who I think is like my dad in the positive sense. Mm. You know, somebody who's still um, a little assertive and he, uh, but he takes care of me and um, he's very protective and all those, like the way, the safety I felt with my dad that I still felt, um, I get that, but he has 10 times better qualities than my dad. <laughs> so in that way, yeah, I didn't, I, see, I didn't I let, I didn't let that negative stuff come over, if that makes I sense. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's super important to not have a negative picture of your dad, you know, like I had to rewire my image. Okay. I had to rewire image of my dad in therapy. Like I had to write a list of things that my dad actually did. That was good. Like we went, uh, we went to, to the forest. I knew all the berries in the forest. I knew like mushrooms. Like I knew which ones were bad for you, which ones were good for you. Like we went fishing. We like, he taught me, he taught me ice skating. He taught me bicycle riding. Like he did the best he could. Like things he wasn't perfect. I mean, my mom also, like, they, they are good people. They're not a bad people. Like, they raised me with good moral values. Like, but <laughs> they did what they did, but they did the best they could. So I forgave them. And right now is the biggest thing is not allowing anybody to walk all over me or take from me or mistreat me. I have to really, like, protect myself. Yeah. And, and we all deserve to. And, you know, something I also want to point out to listeners is like daddy issues, it, it honestly is not just exclusive to women because men are some of the most, um, especially fathers, let's say fathers are some of the most important figures in humanity mm-hmm. where so many men grow up messed up and have serious, deep rooted trauma and issues because of absentee dads Mm -hmm. or dads that beat them or dads that weren't there or dads that were abusive or dads that were neglectful. So guys listening out there, you know, we put so much onus on you because you are so valuable and important in the big scheme of life, you know? So when, when sometimes women are harsh or harder on, on guys, I think it's because like, we know the importance of a man, like, and a male figure and eventually a father that, that many of you guys will become. So, um, just try to deal with your trauma. So you're not passing on that trauma and creating women like Ksenia and I, who had to spend a lot of money on therapy that I would have just preferred to be in my pocket. Or go shopping. Go shopping. Shopping, 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 go shopping. Oh, <laughs> instead of therapy. Oh. I love it. That's going to be like our new theme song for kind of yes. dating. Is that? Um, kind of dating. <laughs> Do you have five questions for me? No, you did your six questions. Ah! You did your six questions in the last episode. Yes. So you're good. But guys, Ksenia is going to do a dating confession for us after this. So you're going to have to uh, listen to her on uh, Instagram and hear it. Oh my God, her face. She's like, what? I have a dating confession? Yeah, girl. Think should, about it. It's okay. It, not right now. Should I tell No, no, no. Not right now. When? I'll tell you when. We're going to do it after we finish this record. Oh. Yeah. Really? The separate thing. 
Um, but Ksenia, this was so fun to have you on the podcast. I have some funny confession, I'll tell you. Okay, good. I want to hear it. Um, and then you guys will have to hear it on uh, Instagram. Ksenia, uh, how can everybody follow you and all your work and your stand-up and your music? Yay, it's I'm Ksenia everywhere. But whenever I say, how can anybody follow you? I'm like, oh my God, don't follow me. Seriously, don't follow me. Please don't be a stalker. Yeah, yeah. But follow me on Instagram. Yes. Don't follow me. On social media. To my car. Don't follow me. Do not do that, guys. Yeah. It's sad that we have to preface that, but we do nowadays. Um, I'm Ksenia everywhere or I'm Ksenia Music and just Google Ksenia. There's not too many Ksenias out there. Yeah, it's K-S-E-N-I-A. Yes. And uh, all of her socials are in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you follow her and uh, listen to all of her stuff and support, guys, because this is why we have these great guests on. uh, And we hope you enjoyed that. Also follow us. We're on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook, Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you like something you heard, screenshot the episode and tag us on social media. And finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.